The nursing industry is one of the fastest growing career forces in the world today. There are so many issues in the healthcare field these days relating to nurses that simply are not discussed in the media. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with Leanne Meyer. Our program will help you with the most relevant information if you're in the nursing field or are planning to enter the industry. Now, here is your host, Leanne Meyer. Good morning and welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. And I am Leanne Meyer, your host. We are talking today about travel nursing, the realities versus the myths. So um, ever since I first heard the concept of traveling nurses, I have had the same two simultaneous responses each time. One is excitement and curiosity, and two is trepidation and wariness. I think the first response is pretty straightforward. Wow, being paid to go to cool places, learning great things with many, if not all, expenses paid. Yeah, sign me up for that. The second response might not be as obvious. Uh, when it comes to going places, I don't know uh, that I don't know on my own. I, I, for a pretty strong woman, I get really timid. So all the ifs start coming to mind. What if it's a dysfunctional place to work at? What if I hate it in three weeks uh, into the assignment? Uh, what if I can't make friends? What if something would happen to my parents while I'm gone? And, and many, many more. I, I'm great at what, what ifs. But that's enough for now. So I am excited to be able to talk about this issue with two experts and find out what's real and what's not. So um, I want to welcome Sean Silverstein from Advanced Travel Nursing, and Sarah Cook, currently working in Austin, Texas. Sean, could you give us a quick bio of your career steps thus far? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, my name is Sean. I work with Advanced Travel Nursing. We were formerly RISE Medical Staffing when we were a smaller West Coast-based agency. That's where I got my start as a recruiter. Um, I graduated uh, a lot like um, many other um, really budding career individuals. No idea what I wanted to do after I graduated with an environmental science degree. I just wanted to help other people. And uh, I had a friend who said he was working with some really great folks um, who have this small agency, and they recruit nurses on contracts, 13-week contracts, all around the United States, but mostly the West Coast. And I had no idea what that was, so obviously I jumped right in. Um, <laughs> I I got into it, and uh, I've been doing it for a little over three years, almost three and a half years now, and um, I've thoroughly enjoyed the ride. Um, it's been really interesting. Never thought I'd be here, but um, it's it's been a really good chance for me to, at least on the surface, really feel like I am helping nurses um, get to where they want to be and so that they can help folks. And, you know, if I can help nurses, that makes me doing something um, a little bit more noble than <laughs> maybe I should give myself credit for. But um, at the very least, I'll, I'll take that feeling and, and hopefully I can do some folks a good service. Yeah, um, that sounds great. And um, Sarah, tell us uh, uh, just a quick bio also of kind of how you got started in nursing, first of all, and then how you got into doing the travel nursing. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I graduated from high school, decided to be a nursing major, just kind of picked it out of a hat because I decided I liked helping people and it just seemed like a good fit. I was very young, not quite ready for the challenging curriculum that came along with Purdue nursing. So I ended up changing my major. 
graduated after spending six months in Australia, traveling and doing college, and a week later went to nursing school. So it was a very circular kind of journey for me, but I absolutely loved being a nurse. I always knew I wanted to be in an environment where I could help people in their greatest time of need. So nursing was just a natural fit. It was definitely my passion from the beginning. It just took me a little longer to get there. Um, but now I've been an OR nurse for over six years. I traveled for a little over two years, um, worked with Sean for most of that journey, and just absolutely love what I do. Can't imagine doing anything else. So currently I'm in trauma nursing. Sean helped me through advanced travel nursing to find a great position at a great hospital in Texas doing what I love as a travel nurse. So here I am and just waiting to see what's next. That's really terrific. Um, this is really the first that I'm getting to talk to you, Sarah, so that's um, very nice. I've talked to Sean a number of different times, and, and actually going back to before I was doing this show, um, he was doing cold calls or cold emails, I guess, to me, and wondering if uh -huh. I wanted to travel. Well, at that time, that wasn't a possibility, but when I started doing the show, you came to mind almost immediately um, partly because um, there's just something about you that seemed very straightforward, um, very honest. I just really got a, a really strong sense from you that you were uh, doing something that you wanted to be not just good for you, but good for the people you were working with. And so when I had an opportunity to actually find somebody for this show, you were the first person that came to mind. I'm I'm flattered, and I completely forgot that that's how we first got in contact yeah. with one another. Um, yeah. The joys of cold calling for a lot of us recruiters is we we never know where a conversation is going to go, and um, yeah. look where it has landed me. That's yeah. that's really true, and I really hope that this works out. That lots of people will contact you at Advanced Travel Nursing. I'll just keep repeating that. So, <laughs> if you're looking for a good good person at my, a good company, director, that would be the one. My director said seven times. Um, so my name is John Silverstein. All right. My company is advanced. We'll, we'll get that in. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's exactly so, how I met Sean as well, cold call. And there was just okay. something about his voice and his sincerity and his honesty. He was front with me the whole yeah. time, very comforting as I was new in my travel nursing career. So, yeah, Sean's the most honest travel nursing recruiter I've ever worked with. He is a good guy. Oh, He's a good egg. I have good instincts. I knew it. <laughs> so, um, Sarah, let's talk a little bit more about what you're doing. Um, when you decided to go into travel nursing, you already had been working in, um, uh, what was it you were doing? You were doing, um, I was uh, a trauma my brain just went dead. Room. Say it again. I was a trauma nurse in the operating room when trauma I first nursing, decided to go into travel nursing. Okay, and that was something you enjoyed doing? I loved it. I absolutely and, loved being in the operating room as, as a trauma nurse, but there was just something in me that was ready for a change. I've always loved to travel. I grew up in a military family. So for me to stay in the same place for years and years at a time, I just get the itch. It's time to go. Yeah. Time for the next adventure. <clears throat> that Rolling Stone thing, huh? Yes, exactly. So, Sean, when she first contacted you, um, did she have specific places she wanted to go, or, or were you able to, were you helping her with that? Well, um, actually, I, I was the one to contact her, so these oh, nurses, right. they are hot commodities. 
Sarah, Sarah had probably been contacted by, I can only imagine, um, 55, 65 recruiters from so many agencies. Um, and that was, that's like the daunting task of any recruiter. And I, I got really lucky. Um, I caught her at a, um, I'd say a good time for me, maybe, um, uh, a time for change for her. Um, so that's a little bit selfish, obviously. Like the the time for any mm-hmm. recruiter to strike a nurse who's already got an agency is when they're ready to make a change of agency. Um, okay. So I, um, I I got in contact with her probably after a long shift. Um, she'd been working, <laughs> I don't know if she mentioned it before, but um, on call like 140 hours a week um, at this position. And and I told her that is that is unacceptable. <laughs> I will find her a new job that uh, is has stable hours that is going to allow her to maintain some semblance of a social life because that's um, I don't know what I personally saw as one of the key draws to travel nursing is um, a nurse can enjoy a new position, but more importantly, they can enjoy a new location and really ex- explore the space, if you will. So. Um, yeah. yeah, that's that's how I first connected with her was um, just asking just asking her just like, hey, are you happy where you are or do you want to be somewhere else? And she said, I want to be somewhere else. I want to be in <laughs> California. Can you help me? That was there? the easiest question I've ever been asked. Are you happy oh, right yeah? now or are you ready for a change? I'm ready for a change. Yeah. I loved what I was doing, but I needed a change of schedule. So talk yeah. to me about what, uh, Sarah, what did you say to Sean then about what you needed at that point? Um, since this was my, was my second travel job, but my first one where I was very far from home, my big concern was housing. And my big concern was finding housing that would be close to the hospital in a safe location where there would be other travel nurses in the area so I could build a community and some camaraderie. Um, I was also very concerned because I had been in a hospital for almost four years where I had gained respect, I had gained trust of people around me, and I knew I was in a hospital where we had extremely high standards and had excellent patient care. So I wanted to be in a similar environment where I knew that I'd be working under extremely skilled surgeons, I would have a management team that had my back and that had extremely high ethical standards and followed nursing protocol. Um, So Sean came through, he found exactly what I was looking for, he found a great hospital where I just immediately I felt like family there, and they treated me very well. I really enjoyed all the surgeons I worked with. I had great management behind me and also made a lot of friends and was in a great city. So he came through on all of the things that I needed and provided me with housing where I felt really comfortable. And is that paid for then, or is that something you have to pay for once you get there? Sean can explain that a little bit better, but basically it's, a stipend, but it affects the hourly rate. So it is kind of paid for, but you kind of pay for it at the same time. <laughs> Sean, yeah, you want to take a stab at that? Uh, I was going to say maybe for all of like the GSA and IRS nerds, we might have an entirely new conversation <laughs> um, away from this one and really get into the specifics of how travel pay breaks down. But um, Sarah kind of hit the nail on the head. Um, my One of my first conversations I will have with a nurse is, um, are you familiar with how stipends work? And then I go into as much detail as I can without their eyes glazing over. Um, <laughs> and uh, in, in short, you know, a nurse can take 
corporate housing. Um, with our agency right now, it's, you know, after the first contract, after some trust has been built, once we get things through, then we will provide housing. Um, and we provide the stipend option at first, which is actually kind of a benefit to the nurse because that's something that they should really be getting comfortable with is searching avenues for housing and really leaning on their recruiter to help them with that search um, mm-hmm. in a way that's going to make uh, for the most lucrative uh, travel assignment they can get. Because if you sure. take corporate housing regardless, it's going to take a corporate cut. Um, it's called mm-hmm. a, I don't know, unofficially a convenience fee. Um, okay. A lot of nurses will rely on Airbnb, Craigslist, um, on other sources. Um, there, we even have a direct source with Travelers Haven where the nurse can set up a profile with them and they can basically get a corporate um, like a corporate housing situ- or situation without having to go through the agency, then through the same corporate agency. Um, it's still a little bit more expensive than, uh, say, Airbnb options, which are mm-hmm. the most popular. So um, when you when sh- oh, so you have a nurse and she's saying, oh, I really want to be in this area and I really want to do this work, you have um, a, a list of hospitals that are contracted with you already, and then you already know them, how they function, what their um, values and, and um, tr- uh, tradition of care and that kind of thing. You already know those things, or is it at that point you go out to find somebody that has a job like what she's looking for in the area she wants? We try as recruiters to know as much about the hospital, the client systems, the units, the requirements as we can. However, Mm -hmm. there are, um, I guess with our agency, we have, um, I think, almost a thousand, if not more, um, client hospitals and rehab facilities that we work with nationwide. Um, So I've almost memorized what all of the inner workings are with all of these hospitals, but not quite. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so so the, 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 trust, uh, the trust and the reality are that um, you need to trust that the recruiter is going to give you as much information about the hospital as they possibly can. But being comfortable with the unknowns is vital for any nurse to find success and set themselves up for a mindset of success going into any new assignment, Um, because a lot of times they will be um, the first nurse to take on that unit um, for that opening with that agency um, in in potentially months, if not years, depending on the size of the facility. Sometimes it'll be Mm -hmm. places where we currently have active travelers, um, but again, at times it'll be uh, an entirely new environment for both parties, um, at least for uh, an appreciable amount of time where, mm-hmm. who knows, maybe it has a new manager that has changed the inner workings of the unit. Um, sure. I'm going to back recruiter. up just a little bit, Sean. Uh, we just oh, have a couple yeah. of minutes before we go to break, and I was thinking uh, when Sarah was talking about, uh, or we were, I guess we were all talking about cold calls, how do you get the names for nurses? I mean, when I was a nurse and was getting cold calls from recruiters of various different sorts, I always wondered, how do you know to call me? Or contact um, me. Well, I mean, for better or worse, I I usually don't know the specifics as a recruiter. Um, we have specific teams who go out and source for nurses. They will pull um, profiles from LinkedIn based off of what they've posted on LinkedIn. Uh-huh. Um, that will give an indication that they may be interested in travel nursing. Um, some nurses will apply for um, just like very generic sites that actually link 
their information with agencies. Um, and, and that's kind of the, I don't know, the gift and the curse of the current Internet age that we live in is if you put your yeah. information out there, you will be found. Mm-hmm. That's okay. how it started for me. I was researching for, <laughs> I was researching for a term paper I was writing for my bachelor's in nursing, and something popped up, travelnursing.net, and I was like, oh, that sounds interesting, so I put my information in, and within yes. 24 hours, I was getting 50 calls a day. So, I believe that, yeah, I absolutely do. The internet. Hopefully, I was about 20 of oh. those calls. Yes, yes, indeed. (laughs) We're going to go to a a break here. We're um, just a little bit early, but I think it will work out. And then when we come back, we can uh, pick it up and talk a little bit more. So um, this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. And I'm Leanne Meyer. Uh, If you're just coming in with us uh, right now, I am talking to Sean Silverstein, who is with Advanced Travel Nursing, and Sarah Cook, who is a nurse currently working in Austin, Texas. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health & Wellness Channel. Everything is energy. It's all connected. Your energy can be seen as the foundation for your life and impacts all areas of living. Do you realize that your thoughts have the power to affect how you show up? Tune in for Healthy Energy with Margot, featuring host Margot Nielsen. Margot and her guests will show you that connecting to your energy is vital to your health, relationships, money, and more. Listen live every Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Welcome back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing, and this is Leanne Meyer, your host. I'm here today, we're talking about travel, nursing, the realities and the myths, and I'm here with Sean Silverstein and Sarah Cook. Uh, I should say Sean is working with Advanced Travel Nursing, and Sarah is working in a hospital in Austin, Texas. So um, could you give us a little bit of an idea of what it's, you know, like the interaction between the 
the uh, recruiter and the nurse looking for work. Do you have an example of that? Sarah, do you want Sarah? to start this one? Yeah, Sarah, do yeah. you want to start it? I will start. Um, so when a nurse is looking for a new position in a new city, there are numerous emails and conversations on the phone between the nurse and the recruiter. So I got to know each other very quickly through lots and lots of conversations and emails. Um, and through that, we just developed a really strong rapport. We really seemed to understand each other. He seemed to understand what I was looking for. Um, and so he found me a great position in San Francisco, the time San Francisco area. So the time came for when I was ready to move from California to Austin, and it became time to look for a new position again. And that can be daunting for a nurse, especially when I knew exactly what city I needed to be in. I already had an apartment. I'd already shipped my car. I was ready to go. Um, wow. So Sean found me a great position. I was excited. The interview went well. I received a contract. I signed my contract. And then about a week before I was leaving California to move to Texas, something happened in the hospital where they canceled every single contract. They completely oh, wow. just canceled everything, not just for me, but for their permanent staff, for their travel nurses. Everyone was put on hiatus. Um, so the panic set in, most definitely. I was extremely nervous of how am I going to have income? What am I going to do? I'm moving to a new city. And I thought I had a job, and now I don't. Um, so that's where the trust really came in with Sean. I so Sean, you want to pick it up from there and, and say what happened after that? Yeah, the tell-all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so um, when, when the contract was canceled, um, that does happen from time to time. Um, it's... Uh, certainly a rarity, something that clients try to avoid as much as possible because trust between agencies and clients is just as important as trust between agencies and nurses. Um, and that's, that's a breach of trust when that happens. Um, but it's sometimes unavoidable. Uh, that facility, um, at least the one that we had landed uh, Sarah a contract at, they had gone through a hiring freeze. Um, inopportune, but they are a larger system, and they just had to make that decision. The CFO is like, we're cutting all of the needs. They informed our account manager that they were canceling Sarah's contract. It was nothing against her, but they had reassessed, and there was no mm -hmm. longer a need for her. Um, and I was just like, great, I'll tell Sarah the news. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, uh, I connected with Sarah and said, hey, I've got some tough news. They canceled the need. Uh, I went in as much detail, basically, as I have now, just as much information as I had. Mm -hmm. And I said, do you know what? I know that you're going to Austin. I'm going to do everything that I can to redirect you. I know that options are scarce because we're in a very limited location, but we'll do everything that we can because that's the, what an agency needs to at least give the attempt to do because a nurse, again, as Sarah said, sure. is uprooting their life to move somewhere okay. else at times. Right. Um, so... I connected with my account manager. Our account manager is fantastic. She put in the legwork, reached out on probably um, every four-hour basis with the account manager for that facilities system and said, Sarah is a fantastic nurse, and we need to redirect mm -hmm. her. And find us an opening anywhere in Austin with that system, whatever you got to do. And, mm -hmm. and they made it happen. They reconnected. They found a facility, the one that she's currently at, 
who um, came back and said, hey, we have a foreseeable need that we can open Yay. up for her. We saw her profile, and and <laughs> we will <laughs> and, and we'll and we'll take her on. Um, the shift isn't um, you know isn't twelve hour days or something. Um, I think it was the shift became kind of a conversation in and of itself. But yeah. Sarah opened up and she said, oh, you know what? I'll do the one p.m. to what was it? One p.m. to Ten or eleven? Oh no, that shift? that was another trust trust change. Oh, uh, no, the, I signed that a was down the line. Seven a to five p. So ten hour days. Yeah, okay. yeah. That so it was ten hour days initially, but did not happen. Um, <laughs> yeah, we came back in. I I have my account manager to thank for for that one because so she really came in. So how long did all of I that was, take? How did, um, how did that? This, this was a. In between one week and maybe ten days, um, yeah, we, were short, week. we were on That's a short great. timeline. Um, we we had to get things done quickly, or else Sarah would have had to push her start out, and that would have been a, again a financial burden in of itself. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and we we just really put our pedal put the pedal to the metal. I guess is uh, yeah. the most cliche way of putting it. And right. I was bugging my account manager probably, again, every hour. She was reaching out every two hours. <laughs> and their account manager was responding once every four hours. And yeah. let's, uh, uh, let's pick up the reality versus the myths. So, Sarah, what are some of the myths you've heard or you've asked yourself about um, travel nursing? Definitely one of the big myths is it's a big vacation. We're paid to, and we're paid to relocate housing's paid and it's just a big vacation where you're in a new city you work a little Mm -hmm. bit but it's mostly play yeah that's a big myth that is a huge myth um Mm. as a travel nurse you are there to fill in for a need for the hospital you're there to help them in whatever way they need help so with that comes a lot of flexibility um i was saying i the contract that i took for this position in austin was 10 hour day shift so 7 a.m to about 5 p.m Day one, I get there, and my director informs me, oh, well, there's been a change, so now you're on evening shift, 1 p.m. <gasps> to 11.30 p.m. And I pulled up the contract on my phone, and I said, but this is the contract you signed, this is the contract I signed, and the response was, well, you're a travel nurse, this is where we need you, or we can con- we can cancel your contract right now. And so, of course, I had to adapt, I had to change, and... You just kind of have to go with the flow as a travel nurse and realize that your job is to be there to support the hospital in whatever way they need help. So I'd say that's a big myth. You work hard as a travel nurse. I know definitely in the operating room, you get a lot of the cases that no one else wants to do. So you just have to be extremely flexible and go with the flow and just Mm -hmm. be there to work and be there to help the hospital and help the nurses there in whatever way they need help. So, that's so Sean, that it, Sean I know one of the myths that I always heard was that um, that's how nurses can get really rich is to go into travel nursing. Is that a myth or a reality? Well, as a recruiter, um, I, I hear that all the time where a nurse is like, oh, yeah, I hear all these other nurses making all this great money, and I want to make that money, too. Um, and that's, uh, that's something that we always try to do, but we're at the mercy of the bill rates. We we are basically forwarding the needs that are presented by a hospital. So a lot of times that that does turn into a little bit more of a myth than a nurse initially thinks. And sometimes that's due to the perception that's relayed upon them by 
other recruiters who really try to draw nurses out mm-hmm. of the woodwork by saying, mm-hmm. you will make so much more money than you're making as a staff nurse. Um, and they'll run the numbers by them without letting them know, oh, you're paying double expenses. You're paying for your home at home. You're paying for the place that you're uh. staying elsewhere. Um, the double expenses part is really what brings nurses back down to earth or gets them really frustrated at the recruiter that told them that they were going to be making a whole lot more money than they were actually going to be earning. Um, Not to say that there aren't contracts out there that are paying extremely well to get nurses out there, but, you know, there's a give and take with everything. Yeah. So um, uh, is there any kind of, uh, well, one of the things that occurred to me is that probably you're not getting the same benefits that other nurses are getting. So their um, regular nurses may not be getting the salary per se, but they're getting uh, benefits in lieu of that amount of salary. Would that be a a myth or a reality? Um, The benefits actually carry over uh, fairly well. Um, some hospitals, obviously, I mean, just like with any agency or even any position you get as a staff um, nurse or even just career worker, uh, some insurance is going to be good. Some insurance is going to be bad. Agencies, we provide insurance. Uh, most of the reputable agencies, at the very least, will provide mm-hmm. health insurance to their nurses. Um, we'll provide 401k matching. We'll provide, um, you know, assistance when it comes to um, conflict resolution, almost like an internal HR. Um, really? However, um, again, it's it's really dependent on the agency that you work with and the recruiter, how much legwork they're willing to put in on top of simply finding you a job. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's way more than I thought. So, Sarah, tell me another myth. What are some of the other myths that you're aware of? Man, another, I think a big myth that comes in is that it's easy. Anyone can do it. It's really easy. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like I mentioned at the end of the last myth, it's a cakewalk. Um, there's really nothing easy about it. Uh, you mm-hmm. leave your friends, you leave your family. Like you mentioned when you were saying a lot of the what ifs, a big what if is, will I have friends? Will I mm-hmm. like the new city I'm in? That's, I'd say one of the hardest parts that I encountered of being a travel nurse is you're completely on your own. Um, Mm. But there is a big travel nurse community, which I discovered when I first moved to California. I instantly became friends with about six or seven travel nurses, and we were there together for the holidays. We did Thanksgiving together. We Mm. did Christmas together. Um, So that was one of my favorite parts about travel nursing in California was I made really strong, lifelong friends, and we became each other's travel family, and Mm -hmm. we were there for each other. I, unfortunately, became ill when I was in San Francisco and had to go to the hospital for a few hours, and my travel nurse friends were there by my side the entire time. (laughs) I I never called a supervisor as someone looking for a patient before. (laughs) 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 Yes. Okay. It wasn't one of my more glamorous moments, but... Sean, do you have another um, uh, myth that you hear about from the nurses? Um, I think uh, one of one of the myths uh, can along the lines of it being easy um, is is usually when a nurse comes in fresh who has maybe two a little bit more than two years of experience, and they say, "Well, I've got two years of experience. I meet the qualifications. It should be easy to find a job." Um, that that is becoming more and more of a myth. Um, at least currently in the, I guess, in the current market that we have. Um, it's it's not so much a nurse's market as much as it is a client's market at the moment. Really? So the number, the number of submissions 
to a single job is escalating from what it once previous like was previously maybe a year or two ago, um, and just the ebbs and flows of of the market. Um, it it kind of balances itself out more along the lines of a, like a sine wave. Right now, um, a lot of nurses will be coming in and say, "Look, I should be able to get a job," and. Recruiters want to say, yeah, absolutely, you've got the qualifications, let's make it happen. But mm-hmm. a realistic recruiter will, will need to prime them and say, hey, your first assignment is basically going to get you the credentials to get better assignments ah, down the line. Okay. It's, that first okay. assignment may not be um, the, the number one opportunity you were looking for. It's not going to be the perfect job in California where you okay. are going to have great hours, get great pay, um, and be in a great location. Um, Sarah earned that. Um, she had been a travel nurse for um, at least two assignments um, leading up to that. And in those assignments, she has expressed before, were tough. She was put in very yeah. difficult scenarios, but it really made her look good on paper, and she got the references to show for it. And sure. all of a sudden, whereas she might have been a green nurse who would have been overlooked by other more experienced mm-hmm. nurses, she was right mm-hmm. up there with them because – um, not only because I had gotten about like 10 references up to that point to make her profile <laughs> look absolutely phenomenal. She had done the work to make herself look sure. phenomenal. Um, sure. So travelers, at least first-time Sean, travelers. We're coming up against uh, another break here, but I wanted to just, uh, in, if we don't have time to talk about it now, it just seems counterintuitive to me right now when I realize how many uh, boomer nurses are leaving the profession. I heard at one point 4,000 a day. So how is that getting filled in? Well, I I think there's a lag time, um, uh, to be honest, between what clients will relay to travel agencies and what the reality of the situation is. So I've I've heard that as well, that there are a lot of nurses leaving the field, and it's going to create a lot of vacancies, um, potentially Mm -hmm. a... dare I say, a vacuum in, in, the, in the healthcare world. But um, I think a lot of clients are struggling to find the financial resources to be able to maintain a stable of travel nurses to fill in the gaps because it is expensive to have travel nurses um, mm-hmm. take on a lot of these roles. A lot of them are, are trying to uh, cross-train staff nurses uh, in a way to limit the number of travel needs that they release. Um, so mm-hmm. I imagine that's the current situation that we're in is – is there aren't as many jobs as there were for current travelers because it hasn't hit yet. Um, I think okay. there's we're probably cresting in terms of number of nurses that are at the hospitals versus the ones that are leaving. Okay. Um, we're going to take a little break here, but when we come back, I'd like to um, talk a little bit about two um, uh, possibilities for nurses returning to nursing. Um, like, you know, either after their retirement, they want to, Uh, maybe go somewhere else or live closer to their family or whatever else might be involved for them. So um, let's just go ahead and go to a break here. This is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. And I'm Leanne Meyer, your host. I'm talking with um, Sean Silverstein from Advanced Travel Nursing and Sarah Cook, who is currently working in Austin, Texas. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you tired of the healthcare system only treating your symptoms and never addressing the root cause? Discover how integrative medicine can resolve health issues through dietary and lifestyle changes and the use of natural supplements. 
increase your energy, memory, mood, immune system, sexuality, and more. Join Dr. Sunil Pai and Maureen Sutton to help you take back your health with natural, evidence-based solutions. Tune in every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness Channel. Addiction can affect our relationships, our families, our home, and work lives, but most importantly, ourselves. The recovery process can do wonders in the lives of people suffering from active addiction and also for those that love them. It's not just 12-step programs, but so much more. It's learning how to live life on life's terms. If you can relate to these issues or love someone who does, start with yourself. Start by tuning in to Miracles in Recovery with host Ray Lynch, Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Hope is in your corner. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Welcome back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I'm Leanne Meyer, your host, and we're talking about travel nursing realities and myths. And um, I'm here today with Sean Silberstein, who is an advanced travel nursing recruiter, and Sarah Cook, who had worked with Sean uh, to get uh, a couple of different positions, and including the one she is now doing in Austin, Texas. So, um, Sean, we were just talking about um, what what might be the possibilities for more getting more nurses into the field. Um, do you have some ideas that might involve travel nursing? How how might travel nurses be able to help out with that? Yeah, um, well, I figure this is this is definitely a good time to talk about reasons to get into travel nursing um, for nurses who are thinking about helping out because there are plenty of positions out there. Um, a lot of it comes to a, again, like a frame shift in mindset for, for nurses who are thinking about getting into it and nurses who may not have thought about it before. Um, a lot of that has to do with what they're getting into travel nursing for. Nurses previously maybe have done it because they were promised a whole lot of money, opportunity to um, really increase their financial bank load and pay off some of those loans. Um, mm-hmm. The reality, again, for nurses that will really success, like we'll find success in this industry, are nurses who are truly trying to help hospitals maintain those ratios that are vital for maintaining great patient care. Um, Mm -hmm. And and that's because a lot of the hospitals that are staffing for travelers right now are ones who are truly in need. Um, And they always have been, but even more so than they ever have. Um, Ones who are 
struggling to maintain that one to four ratio for telemetry or that one to two for ICU. Um, is, is there a difference? In, <clears throat> excuse me, is there a difference in different parts of the country? So are there some parts of the country that are doing fine and other parts that are maybe more struggling? Yes, absolutely. So currently, um, there are a few hospital systems that are in um, large cities. Um, they are they're doing well, and they maintain a stable of travelers just as a business model. Um, Kaiser's out in the West Coast, um, they generally maintain a very strong stable of travel nurses. Um, the Wellstar facilities in Atlanta, they have very common needs, um, but they are, for the most part, doing well. That's why we're seeing a drop-off in needs for the city facilities, um, and we're seeing an increased need, or at least a very stable need, for um, smaller hospitals, more rural hospitals. Those ones are going to be very mm -hmm. quick to get feedback on. Nurses will get jobs there very quickly um, mm -hmm. relative to any city needs. Um, and that's, that's why we really need a lot more of those nurses who are interested in traveling to smaller communities and help to um, either revitalize or maintain stability at those community hospitals that are in need. Mm -hmm. Sarah, um, when I think about all the different possibilities, there's so many advanced degrees now. Um, do you see uh, nurses that are mostly uh, BSN or MSN, or are you seeing advanced practice nurses also in the travel nursing jobs? Well, I would say it's definitely from what I've seen a lot of nurses with bachelor's degrees. There's a huge push okay. in the nursing community that if you do have an associate's it's time to go back. It's time to get your okay. bachelor's. It's time to advance your education. Um, I haven't really seen too many advanced practice nurses, but I do receive quite a few emails hiring for advanced practice nurses from different recruiting firms. So it seems okay. like there's a big opening for both. Sean, do you, what's your input? Do you hear demand for advanced practice nurses? Yeah, um, uh, similar to the demand in the um, again, the the rural or uh, less populous areas, the ones that are requesting the BSN are going to be mm -hmm. in larger cities, and that okay. demand is increasing, uh, whereas maybe some facilities may have previously only required an ADN and preferred a BSN in their language mm -hmm. for job postings, are now saying it is now required, um, oh. usually to limit the pool of nurses that are applying for positions and limit the pool in the upward direction in terms of education. Wow. Yeah. So uh, in the rural areas, are they still accepting ADN or ASN nurses? Uh, yes, mostly out of necessity. Um, if okay. they are in a smaller smaller community, they're likely going to get uh -huh. a, lot, a lot less traction than a large city because they're going to be lesser known. And a nurse okay. really needs a reason to go there if they're not steered there by their recruiter. Okay. So um, on break, I had before we went on break, I had mentioned uh, nurses returning to nursing, and you had mentioned that uh, with the travel nurses, uh, they need to go back and replenish re, um, their skills. So uh, work somewhere in uh, for six to six months to a year or so to get establish some um, uh, what would you call it. Um, it's, it's recent, re uh, recent correlated experience. Yeah, so recently correlated experience. That's a good way of putting it. Sarah, what did you say? I said to reestablish their skills. Um, I okay. think one big point that I would make for travel nurses considering traveling is 
you need to make sure you're extremely independent in your nursing skills and confident. Um, and okay. travel nursing, no one's there to hold your hand. You pretty much hit the ground running. You're there to fill in and you're there to help. So they don't have the time to train you. It's okay. You're an independent nurse. It's time to work. <laughs> One of the questions I had was about orientation. How much orientation do they give you to their facility and their policies and procedures? Um, <laughs> this is a question for Sarah, a, I believe. It's usually a few yes. days classroom <laughs> orientation. Um, really? So hospital policy and procedure, onboarding, and then actually on the floor training is very limited, maybe a day or two. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. That that sounds like reality right there. Like you yes, said, I can see where you have to be pretty <laughs> confident of yep. what you do. Yeah. Um, Sean, you talked about dealing with conflict. And that's something I wondered about. Um, you know, I, I imagine you're you're just being kind of dumped in the middle of a an organization that's maybe been struggling to have enough nurses, and suddenly this yeah. um, uh, travel nurse comes in. What kinds of things come up as far as conflict, and how are you able to help? Well, um, the best ways that a recruiter can help um, in conflict resolution is maintaining stable and open communication. Um, between the nurse and the client, um, not only encouraging the nurse to be very um, very vocal and diplomatic in their responses to their managers um, and reminding them of the fact that um, that as a travel nurse, there if there is any sort of uh, behavioral conflict between them and, say, a staff nurse, one hundred percent of the time, the hospital, um, almost by policy, is going to side with the staff nurse. Um, oh, and course. that's another thing mm-hmm. that, that nurses, at least in the travel game, need to rely on their recruiter for is, is assistance in, in really like maintaining a really, call it a level playing field when there are issues. Because there are some legitimate issues uh, with you know, the, the census increasing and the mm-hmm. ratios increasing to sometimes not dangerous levels, um, but every once in a while, levels that are beyond comfort for a lot of nurses. Yeah. Um, maybe putting nurses in situations where they are not comfortable and that can lead to uh, diminished patient care. And that's something mm-hmm. that's outside of the nurse's hands sometimes. Would that be something, Sarah, um, where you might get put into a situation where other nurses are getting less patients and the travel nurse is getting more patients? Um, I'd say that is one of the major perks of being an operating room nurse. I can only do one patient <laughs> at a time. We may have a board full of... <laughs> Why you can't run two rooms or three rooms at a time? I don't understand. I get one at a time. <laughs> um, so we, yeah. we can have 15 rooms operating simultaneously, but only one nurse can do one surgery at one time. So I encourage any nurse out there who's frustrated with their patient ratio, consider going to the operating room. It's an amazing atmosphere. Um, Well, even... Oh, sorry, not to interrupt, but I was going to say even more ambiguously, get get into travel nursing. (laughs) Yes, get into travel nursing. (laughs) There are going to be plenty of facilities out there that they have pros and cons, but ratios will be maintained stable. Okay, well, that's good to know. That's part of the contract. Anything else you would like um, nurses to know out there? Uh, what are some things that you wish you had known, Sarah, when you went into this? Um, I think the biggest thing that I learned from travel nursing is the importance of communication, really open, honest, interpersonal communication. 
um, not only with your manager and your director at the hospital where you're working, but also with your recruiter. Sean and I really learned to communicate extremely well when I was in California, and I was working with one individual on my unit who was extremely argumentative and abrasive and liked to start fights with everyone. Mm. It wasn't just me. It was everyone. And as Mm -hmm. Sean mentioned, if there's a conflict, usually the person who is sided with is the staff nurse, not the travel nurse. Mm -hmm. So when these conflicts started coming up and I was being picked at and arguments were being started, I came straight to Sean and said, look, here's what's going on. Here was the exact conversation that happened. Here's what I said to my manager. I want you to be in the know. And everything turned out really well. My manager, after we had very many diplomatic conversations, very honest, non-emotional conversations, understood what had happened, and we were able to move past it. But I wouldn't have been able to do that without being extremely open and honest with my recruiter. Did you have any training in dealing with conflict prior to going into travel nursing? Um, My first bachelor's degree was in public relations and marketing. So I Ah. think that probably helped. (laughs) I had studied that for many years. Um, Communication and conflict resolution comes very naturally to me. But I think any nurse, that's an extremely important background to have, um, not only dealing with your coworkers, but also dealing with difficult patients and difficult families, how to communicate and to stay professional and be diplomatic in your responses mm-hmm. is extremely important. Yeah, I call that bringing your adult to work. <laughs> yes, most definitely. Yeah. Sean, from your point of view, um, what kinds of things would you recommend nurses to know about dealing with conflict or um, I guess just knowing that things can come up. I, I cannot stress it enough um, to reiterate Sarah's point that communication is 100% the name of the game here. I, I try to instill that right off the bat, telling nurses that I get on now, the phone first time, one of the biggest qualifications I find is is their communication, their their ability, sorry, their ability and willingness to communicate. You know what's going on on their end. If it's good, if it's bad, if it's ugly, um, tell me about it. I I am the best resources for nurses that want to go all in. And going all in means that they are willing to say, hey, Sean, I had a really bad day today because X, Y, and Z happened. And, you know, this happened because of, you know, my doing. This happened because of someone else's doing. And and I can say, hey, I'm here for you. My job is to make sure that you maintain gainful employment, and I will do whatever I can to help you maintain gainful employment. Um, mm-hmm. Never once am I going to do anything other than that. That's uh that's the one promise that I have to provide as a call it a good and honest recruiter. Yeah. Do you do any coaching if you know if you have a nurse that really has? I mean, most of us learned our conflict resolution skills from our families, and that wasn't always the best, you know, way to do it. So, do you do <laughs> yeah. some coaching with them sometimes? Yeah. So we have to, by policy, coach our nurses on any sort of issues that can be resolved that are not clinical issues, because most of us recruiters are not clinicians. Um, and that, that can be tough because some nurses, uh, you know, like, and rightfully so, aren't turning to recruiters for advice on how to um, mm. better maintain their status on the floor because okay. they're there. We aren't. Um, and that's, 
that's something that I, I provide as much coaching as I possibly can, but only when merited, when it's a situation where, you know, like I know from the recruiter's perspective how things can turn out that are different for travelers than are for staff nurses. Um, Sarah mentioned it before. Um, getting into any sort of conflict with a staff nurse, you have to, you have to go very tactfully. Um, and mm-hmm. some nurses, they will turn to me for advice on, okay, should I communicate this with the manager? Should I communicate directly with this nurse? Um, and, and I'll provide, based off of how the client works on our communication with them, as much, um, I don't know, solid advice to help them kind of maintain a very real approach to any of those situations. We're back to just a couple of minutes before we're going to end here. Um, anything else that you've thought of that you really want to make sure you, you get that message out? Uh, I would say travel nursing is a great platform for anyone who is looking for a change, just a way to shake it up and also an opportunity to have a very flexible schedule. Um, I've really enjoyed having short contracts, 13 weeks, where after 13 weeks I can take two or three weeks off and go on a great vacation with my family or go visit friends in another part of the country. So mm-hmm. it's an amazing platform to allow you to work, work hard, earn a little extra money, and then also have the flexibility of your schedule to travel. That's great. Sean? I'd say find, find a recruiter that you like right yeah. off the bat. That's the most important thing for any travel nurse is there are so many agencies, so many recruiters out there. You're, even me, I don't get along with every nurse, and it's, mm-hmm. it's a waste of everyone's time if, if you don't get along. You've got to really enjoy the ride. You know, I, I find nurses like Sarah because she and I really get along. We're very similar kinds of people, and mm-hmm. that creates immense amounts of success, and it makes this job so much more fun for me and way yeah. more fun for the nurse when you're willing to have good times yes, and bad times. very true. Right, kind of carry the weight on both sides. Well, we are um, coming really close here to the end, and so uh, I I really want to thank both of you for coming, and I want to again mention Sean Silberstein of Advanced Travel Nursing. Sean, how would they get a hold of you? (laughs) Is that the seventh? Good, you're counting. I believe so. So how do they get a hold of you if they're interested in talking to you? So my my direct line, I won't say it seven times, but um, I'm going to post it here. It's 971-269-0503. That's the best way to get a hold of me. I like to talk on the phone because that makes me feel like a human. But we're going to go out here. So this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. And I am Leanne Meyer, and we're going to be back again next week with uh, another group of guests. And I'm looking forward to that. Thank you so much, both of you, for your time uh, and energy. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Leanne, for having us. Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week.